This week on the Push Pull Legs podcast, I give my summary on the PRI course I was on, we answer a couple of listener questions, and we have a little rant about clean eating. Let's do it. It's money and balloons, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Dan? Good, I went for a slightly different intro there, just to make sure yeah. people weren't remembered that it was not recorded. And it was just the way I said every single <laughs> That was a little um, bit more vigour, a little bit more yeah. like, enthusiasm. So, yeah, it's great. Good. So, I guess uh, we better start off by saying thanks to Souk and Emma for coming on the last two weeks. Um and apologies, yeah. apologies. This, this podcast going out slightly late because uh, um, it was Easter. Tom's too so, busy. Tom's so, too busy. Yeah, Tom's too busy. That's playing. the reality, guys. Tom is too busy to get a podcast out to you lot. <laughs> That's what he told me. He yeah. said to me, and I said to him on, on the weekend, I was like, "Tom, what are you doing?" And he was just like, oh, "I'm just catching up with the dogs." <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Dogs Brilliant. take a lot of That's, time. Have you, have you seen that? That's what he's too busy uh, for. He went home to see his parents and to see his dogs, and he couldn't record a podcast. I saw. That's how much. Least... No, no, no. That's how much you guys mean to Tom. Seven That's people much... as well. I played golf as well. That's how busy I was. Unbelievable, right? Great. I was playing. Yeah. Um, what was I playing off? I was playing off ten. It was alright. That uh, uh, means nothing to me, mate. So, I golf shit. Stable, Stableford score was twenty-seven. Wasn't too bad. Means um, so. <laughs> But yeah, big thanks to uh, Souk and uh, Emma. Lots of fucking positive reviews. I think Souk's got about like four or five more clients now. So fuck it, he's done well. Done well for himself. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> I messaged him today actually just to let him know, and um, and it's really pleasing for me because it's one of those where if if just four or five people have been saved from the the clutches of these fucking knobheads who you know promise thirty thousand, you know pound packages only ten thousand pound and i'll make your money back on that sort of shit it, it, then it's it's good um so yeah a lot of people um messages about him and a lot of people also um thanked us for introducing them to emma which is great because great. um she's yeah. a great follow she's a great follow absolutely basically what me and dan summed up similar sense of humor to us a little bit fucking snivy and uh yeah but far better to look at so yeah much better to you know. Yeah, I'm just afraid now. After after having two great guests on back to back, we're just going to lose all our followers now. Oh, like everyone's just like, "Oh, these two are boring <laughs> as fuck." Like, why? I'd, I'd like to say that still the most listened to podcast is just well, the, I think the top three are just us two. So, oh really? Like, oh, yeah. that's fine. Then. <laughs> and also, big, big thanks to everybody. I might put a post out. I think we reached over fifty thousand uh, downloads, um, which is cool. Very cool. Over over the course of time, we're not obviously massive, are we? But yeah, that's yeah but still, that means that that means that either fifty thousand people listen to us, or uh, people have actually downloaded more than one episode. So that's uh, a good thing. <laughs> fifty thousand over sixty five episodes, which is this is all right. Mm. I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that and fucking run with it, mate. Um, so thank you well, for everybody. Considering, considering when we first started, we never thought this would ever amount to anything, <laughs> and we've done uh, pretty much. I'm 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 doing a massive zero of marketing of uh, <laughs> to yeah. uh, go around. So it's really thanks. Thanks to everybody sharing. We actually got one more review on iTunes as well. I looked amazing. Good. 
Um, really? So, I checked yeah. that for a long time. <laughs> I didn't check it. It just happened to be up. And I was like, oh, amazing. Anyone anyone, anyone who listens and hasn't reviewed yet, go review it now. <laughs> it's really important. It helps yeah, us. Out. Yeah, okay. That's enough, that's, that's enough, like, actual, yeah, just talking about... Because um, we want to prove. We want to prove that you can do this and be successful without any marketing or without any kind of <laughs> any kind of budget. Just, yeah. just good two guys giving out good information with some good guests every so often can reach people and can be big and can be... Be big, accepted well. in the industry. Well, not big, you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to be like huge and ridiculous, but I'm, I'm we've got some. Things. We've got a. We've got a big name to topple at the top, right? Yeah. Who claims that he does the best, and it's the <laughs> shittest show I've ever heard in my life. It's the most boring thing in the world. We we can't. That's why we can't talk about golf because they talk about rugby all the time. We can't no, talk really about really golf. <laughs> Let's talk about fitness and nutrition, right, Tom. Fitness, nutrition. What we're going to talk about? Cereal. All right. Um. Now we got. I've got a couple of questions actually that I I totally one I totally forgot about. Sorry, um, and then Tom, you're not you're not portraying this kind of um, I know. This image of someone <laughs> who cares about the listeners. It, we've we've it, established this. Already. It, was in, it was on Instagram, and we were like chatting back and forth, and then I was like, he did ask me a question, didn't he? Shit. All right, yeah, that's fine. I, I get yeah, yeah, I chat back and forth. That's fine. Um, we're actually going to answer a couple of questions. I also did promise. I realised it was a week or two ago. Um, now, I did promise to talk about the PRI, Postural Restoration Institute course, that I did. I was on with uh, actually a couple of listeners of the podcast, um, and I actually yeah, spouted out to a couple of guys to go listen to the podcast, and it was like, oh yeah, awesome, go from, if we get any, or like a few more downloads from uh, like Sydney, Australia, then I know who to thank. Um, but Alex, I'm not going to say his surname, because I'm going to balls it up again, um, a physio who actually works in... The, my hometown um yeah which is we literally yeah very close to each other so i might go back and see him at some point he's a physio so and your dogs and the dogs yeah um <laughs> so is he a physio uh, is he a physio or is he a sports physio uh i think he's just a physio so yeah not a sports okay. physio so please write us on a, <laughs> on a, a postage stamp what the fuck's a sports physio um yeah just a physio Physio. No, physio. Physio is physio. No, not sports physio. No, nothing. <laughs> I find that fucking hilarious. One of my clients went to see a sports physio. No idea what that is. Um, yeah, so he wrote a review. I went on it with him. There's about 60 of us um, to talk about PRI. Um, so we'll, we'll chat about that. And then just a couple of questions. And then Dan's got some stupid things. I believe oh, we'll, 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 we'll dive about. Is it more? Is it generally nutrition, isn't it? Of course it is, mate. Oh. You know it is. I don't know anything about training. Train, training doesn't, yeah, that's fine. Well, I can talk about that now. So, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll chat a little bit. Ranty, not so ranty, um, about Postural Restoration Institute. Um, basically, um, it was about movement, movement and fitness. I was there. Um, yeah, so it was pretty, it was actually like, as a course goes, I thought it was pretty good. It was well run. Um, it was great info. I got a massive like fuck off folder, which always impresses me. Um, I got a pen, which is always great. I do like a pen. And what's even better with a pen is I can write on it with my on my, my smartphone. Like I can use the pen to like scroll around. It, it you mean it's a stylus? That's what you yes, mean. Yes, that's the one. Stylus. It's got mm. it's got a highlighter on the back, mate. Pens. Pen game. 10 out of 10. Well, it's um, a good job you got a good pen out of it. It sounds like that's all you got. Um, well, not really. I mean, painting it with... Uh, basically, I went into the course. Um, uh, it was being paid for the company that I'm kind of working for. And I 
I knew, obviously we did a podcast with uh, Luke Worthington who is getting qualified in this course um, and these kind of mechanisms and all this stuff. And Alex, um, the physio chap, um, had done, he'd done a bit of the online stuff, but this was the first like one-to-one session, uh, an actual workshop he's done. But obviously he's coming from a very academic background. I'd like to think that I'm from an academic background, so we have that in common. But the room was filled with... We had it was it's just a range of people to be honest. So I went with like my friend who's an SNC coach, done like SFMA, FMS, very rehab based, strong fucking guy, Andrew. Um, and then obviously physio. There was a few. There was, must have been about six or seven physios in the room, like three or four osteopaths, like a doctor, um, and then like trainers, SNC coaches, and some fitness bloggers. Not too sure why they're there but yeah fitness bloggers I think they just had an interest in what was going on um, which is absolutely fine Um, so basically I urge people to go to um, Alex's Facebook page Um, was he rehab Um, robust and rehab I believe it's rehab rehab robust rehab robust rehab or rehab to robust one of the two Um, but he also he wrote a blog on Dean Somerset's uh, website um, called PRI Integration for Fitness, another system, another useful tool, which is pretty much sums up what I'm going to break down for you. Um, so basically PRI, I think Luke did talk about it a little bit, but from what I've talked to with Luke, it was different um, to what he's told me before. So it's basically patterning human systems in the term. They they look at the diaphragm, the thorax, the rib cage. And the hamstrings, basically, is their drivers and their primers of human movement, um, which, which is fine. Absolutely, everybody's got to have a philosophy, so which is cool. And Ceres decided to uh, talk, talk to me the whole time. Um, but yeah, we're going through... So the kind of... The outline of it is have a lot about breathing systems, as you can probably guess from the diaphragm. Um, so we were doing... Acknowledging that the body is kind of balanced and it's not anatomically symmetrical and basically you got everybody basically they said everybody is right-sided no matter if you're left-handed everybody is right-sided due to the way we breathe and how your diaphragm is set interesting fact that everybody's not i i I think i differ with that because i think it's like one in a million or one in like hundred thousand people have the oral organs the other way around so that wouldn't be the case um but that's that's really like nitpicking but so basically the, 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 yeah, the one the one in the hundred thousand is perfect i was like no 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 actually pick me yeah so i was i was quite interested in that um so there's like the, you've got unilateral patterns and bilateral patterns across like people um of how they can be but the diaphragm is the main respiratory muscle that we want to use. Um, not like your external... So you've got your kind of external obliques that kind of... And internal obliques, I guess, that fucking like wrap around your rib cage and the bottom and your belly and all this stuff. And basically getting people out of um, properly belly breathing. Um, so apparently... So the respiratory muscle can contract between seventeen to 24,000 times a day. And I was like, all right, cool, call it 20,000. Um, so which is a hell of a lot, right? There's no other. I don't think there's any any other muscle that contracts that much during the day. Think just think about that for a second, Tom. Um, apart from the heart, maybe. There we go. Yeah, which yeah. is a respiratory muscle, so it's fine. Um, pulmonary and stuff, but it's in a it's in the respiratory system. It's got to have a chain. So, but then mm. I can't I can't like manipulate 
the uh, thorax and manipulate your heart. So we can do that with the with the diaphragm. Why not? Why? <laughs> probably, probably tries it. Definitely someone who is that would start doing that and be like start poking the heart and trying to get in there. But don't don't do that. Yeah, it's it. called CRI, cardiac <laughs> restoration institute. Yeah. So um, obviously, so your diaphragm is set on to one side um, more than the other. So you got an like an anterior. They look at the anterior chain and a brachial chain. Um, and how these kind of um, change as you breathe. So you kind of, at your top, like your cervical system is like a cog and that completely relates to like your pelvic system, so your lumbar system. So to us, we'd probably go cervical system and kind of lumbopelvic hip complex. Those two relate massively and then you've got your thorax in the middle that kind of counteracts them all the time. So whatever like your cervical does, your lumbar does really and then your thorax does the opposite is meant to be what it what is happening um so it's called your brachial chain and your anterior um in anterior interior chain so really fucking wordy as as i thought this would be um so as we we went in through the day we we started talking about like anatomical asymmetries right-handedness, uh, a left AIC pattern, a right AIC pattern, a bilateral AIC pattern. So apparently I have a bilateral pattern. So my internal external rotation and some of the tests we were doing was very similar on both sides. Um, I don't, I'll, I'll give you a summary of where I think that's happened is I think my training is heavily bilateral and I've done the legwork in doing unilateral motion. So therefore, Personally, I think my imbalances are kind of quite good. That I'm not that imbalanced, apart from on my right leg to my left leg, because of football, and I'm heavily one-sided dominant on that. Um, but upper body-wise, my range of motion compared to my right and left is very, very similar, and they agreed, um, which is good. Good, they agreed with me, um, which is always nice, isn't it, Dan? These higher-ups, mm. these people. Um, so they started looking at sympathetic states and parasympathetic states. So we're talking about inhalation and exhalation. Oh, I know. All right. And so basically talking about the exhalation is more important than inhalation um, in referring to the thorax and the diaphragm. So you've got like this pancake pattern and this... Uh, they took some talking about pancakes and balloons well, I love pancakes uh, I, that put me off yeah I know <laughs> I was just like yeah pancakes amazing cool um, yeah so they were talking about that and the, the exhalation thing did stick with me so as if anybody was to breathe out massively now so you and try and lose all you, just in case somebody didn't know what exhalation sounded like that was me blowing yeah up. I was about to say yeah thanks Tom <laughs> I, need, uh, I needed that demo <laughs> Um, so if you do that chain, you, you will feel kind of your upper abdominals kind of pulling your ribcage down and you sit in a more kind of neutral position, which I totally got. And I was like, awesome, that sounds great. And I'm kind of there. And it does, it doing that kind of squeezes on my abs a little bit, asks me to brace. I've got no air in my lungs, so I'm probably not, I don't think I'm as strong as maybe they think I am um, because there's nothing to push against. Um yeah, and it kind of it, it kind of resonated with me that I'm bringing my thorax down, um, and then everything else was going, and I kind of felt more flexible with inverted commas or with greater range, um, which was fine. Um, 
which is I think the whole whole premise of what they were trying to do was trying to talk about breathing and how it can be integrated into some of these things. <sighs> right, so what is it actually bringing to the table for people's training was probably the biggest takeaway of this. Um, so it uses like a combination of orthopedic tests, which I do, Andrew does, even Dan knows about some orthopedic tests. I've seen him do some, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, shit hot. All right. Um, and then it, they do do a few of their own, um, just kind of thrown in, which I'll give you a peek behind the curtain. Uh, myself and Andrew disagreed with a couple of them. And we did we did ask ask about it. Um and ask why because like with with uh so one of their parameters is an internal rotation test of the shoulder which we know we are meant to like suppress scapula hold that down shoulders meant to stay stable test the internal rotation and then we do some kind of breathing drill to try and increase that and i was like cool all right as long as we're keeping the test the same um and i'm doing that orthopedic test i was like you got to keep that pinned down but on the second time they didn't really want that they were testing range of motion not kind of from the test position um so i was a little bit skeptical of that um so which is fine i'm allowed to question it that's the point of me being there um i wasn't gonna take everything away there was some stuff i loved um so in terms of thorax position and kind of letting your thorax go getting some scapular protraction and being able to do some breathing capabilities to fire up your hamstrings and your basically firing they were really good at firing up hamstrings through breathing techniques and firing up your abs through breathing techniques, which is awesome. I like those positions, and it seemed to like calm people down, but breathing does. Um, but some of it was very dismissive of other, other ways of training and other ways of doing things. So I looked upon this course and PRI as another system that can be in play, just like you do an SFMA course, an FMS course, an anatomy and motion course. So this, to me, personally, this fits in with that. I think it's it's got about 30, 40 academic peer-reviewed journals written about it, which is a drop in the ocean compared to S&C, nutrition, anything. So it's very, 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 very new. Um, compare it to something like anatomy and motion, anatomy and motion has no research for it. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, so with that, it's gathering steam. You can you can see some benefits in it because I could see it right in front of my eyes, which is great. Um, but as long as people take away, it is a way of incorporating into your training and doing mobility and rehab drills. It is not the way of doing it. Um, I still think there is a place for other things. Um, and the fact is, don't. I think we we've said this before, Dan. It's the same the same like nutrition wise and training. Don't try not to be a complete purist and decide your own philosophy. Um, have your own way of doing things. There's some bodybuilding stuff that I love. There's some I hate. Like I hate behind the neck presses. It's fine. I just don't. I don't see the function. Of them. Um, so there's some stuff that take away and some don't. Pretty much. I think you'd agree. Hopefully, you agree with my philosophy. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a little bit like the whole argument about principles and methods. So the principle behind fat loss is you need to be in a calorie deficit. How you do that yeah. is, is is up to you and up to practitioners, and that's why keto works. Well, yeah, of course it works if you're in a calorie deficit. Like, yeah. There's a reason it works. And like, there's a reason that, like you say, that 
low carb diets work. There's a reason why other protocols work. There's a reason why intermittent fasting works. It sounds like, and I guess the good, the good practitioners in nutrition know that, and they know that these methods are, you know, underpin um, principles in the, the day, and that the principles are the most important thing. And yeah. I guess it's the same with training. Is it sounds like this is a method um, to bring about a change, which is what you're looking for, which is the principle of yeah. getting stronger, you know, not getting injured. Um, but there's more than one way to do that. Yeah. Um, so in terms of um, the integration, I, I feel like looking upon this is that it will be, make you better at life and basically all the other stuff. So saying like the 17 to 24,000 times you breathe a day. So it will make you better at sleep and make you better at like sitting down and make you better at that kind of stuff and you won't get as many aches and pains. It does, It, from my opinion, it should not train change how you train. You should, should still train for strength. You should still train for this. You should still train. But by all means, when you're cooling down, add a couple of these things in, like their mechanisms, and use them as assessment. That's absolutely fine. But it should fit around your training, not your training should fit around yeah. it, basically, is the way I'm looking upon this. Because um, the gains, say that, in the other stuff are going to make how far outweigh um, what's happening here, I feel. Um, but it did focus on like inhibition, and so in terms of the parasympathetic system, so they they trying to get us into more of a relaxed state, which is out of a sympathetic state, and trying to be basically relaxing outside of training um, to get rid of tension, and being able to be more explosive, which is a lot of what mm. I think anatomy emotion. No, no, Gary Gray. What's Gary Gray do? just as rotation stuff that, that rotational stuff basically he talks he'll have a lot about explosion and stiffness and being like he does like cross chain myofascial release um, which mm. again is another protocol it's just like this um, it kind of helps so helping with relaxation and getting people out of dominant postures and basically places they spend a lot of time and getting them to release out of that which cool absolutely fine I love that so that was good learn a couple of cool techniques to get people out of that um yeah and then they had like three like little spectrums of fitness training preparation biological variability and athletic skill and performance basically they were big on the biological variability so you've got to be good at that to be good at the other stuff um which mm-hmm. totally agree so basically the three three domains for performance and then if you're looking at alex's blog he kind of he sums up where he had where he's putting it in he's a physiotherapist so um i'm guessing he has a lot of different approaches um but mike robertson talks about it as well he's very nfl um he's got good training systems over there but i think those guys are starting to put it in to kind of calm people down with the stress of daily life and basically be more receptive to the demands of a training session so i think alex quotes that so that's just cool um yeah all in all thoughts it was good i like the course i think it was really well run um i think the info was great i think whenever people going on these, these courses nowadays need to be open to the fact that um especially when it's very new science you can ask questions like fuck it that's what you're there for that's why I was there I didn't understand it so I wanted to ask questions about oh I do this a different way should I be doing it your way are we both getting the same goal okay cool awesome move on 
Um, otherwise, we end up going down a rabbit hole and not really knowing what this is about and changing all the fucking training in the world. And yeah. So yeah, go look up Alex's blog. Great little read if you really want to know or come fucking chat to me. Um, yeah. Or Andrew Casey Johnson was on it with me as well. I can talk to him. Great. It is Rehab to Robust. Just, there we go. There's a link on uh, Dean Somerset's page. Love it. Hashtag celebrity. <laughs> yeah, cool. Awesome. Also, Alex, lovely, splendid guy. First time I met him. Listener of the pod. Great. It's the kind of person we attract, you see. Lovely, splendid guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, um, let's go questions, Daniel. What are the questions then, Tom? Let's go. Shoot from the hip. Um, so we will be nice. So Kathy might get like one follower from this, um, maybe. We never know. So what's, what's your Instagram? So I believe it's at Kathy Fit for Life underscore 50. Um, I believe your name, Kathy. I'm hoping. So she was talking about. I won't directly quote because we know there's some podcasts that do that. We can just kind of talk around the question, right? So switching your focus and um, basically she's saying that she doesn't want her legs to be too big, but she's so she's past her 50. Um, so she, she's like, she's pretty trained, but she doesn't want to get mm. her legs too big, and but she doesn't want to lose what she already has and she'd like some more glute development. Um, so in summary, Dan, what do you think? What do you think I would have written back? Um, probably that you could reduce your overall volume um, to make sure that you don't grow too much um, but probably still keep a strength stimulus in there at some point probably still twice a week I think you're probably looking at um, you know rep ranges probably lower than eight um, and probably you know a couple of sets a couple of decent hard working sets maybe um, probably be enough twice a week to to maintain what you've got and again it's going to be down to the volume so maybe instead of doing before you might have done four leg sessions uh, sorry four leg exercises in a session wow maybe four you do, leg sessions great yeah <laughs> maybe you do um, maybe you just do two like tough ones so maybe um, and it sounds like you could even go for like a full body approach um, and it could be that every time you train you just do legs and then a bit more upper body and and maybe probably just if you want glutes I'd say look just do thrusts literally directly target your glutes don't you know you're not going to grow anything in terms of your quads and your hammies um and then just you know maybe doing squats and deads do you know if you want to do them twice a week maybe one one day you go um squat heavy deadlift light um speed deads or something like that um with then hip thrusts at the end like that could be leg day number one leg day number two could be heavy deads speed squats or pause squats uh and then again heavy hip thrusts instead of you know maybe one day do heavy hip thrusts the next day do volume hip thrusts and then you're managing the volume you're putting through your hamstrings and your quads um and making sure you don't grow too much but then the day the other thing that comes from obviously with muscle growth is that just your calories so if you're at calorie maintenance or or just below in in a slight deficit maybe um you're not going to grow huge amounts anyway and also no disrespect but with your age as well you also need more protein to grow and it's often harder to grow as well um so there's also that aspect to take into consideration that um you know if you bring your protein a little bit lower um again you're gonna you're still going to have enough protein to make sure you don't lose muscle protein. Um, but you're not going to be in a position where you kind of have a surplus where you kind of enhance anabolism. So that could be a strategy to think about as well. Um, which is really odd actually is sometimes it's, it's really weird as a practitioner, you're always encouraging people to think about how to gain as much muscle as possible. So when someone asks that question, yeah, you're like, you just have to mm. kind of, 
Yeah, you kind of go. My first question is always, well, why? Like that's just ridiculous. But yeah. it's a very obviously it's a very personal thing. Something I've had a female client um, recently came to me said the very same thing, um, and I was like, okay, that's that's new. But I was like, there's no reason why you can't just apply the same principles, which is just going to be well, train your legs a little bit less and don't worry so much about have smashing in loads of protein. Right? It's going to be pretty simple. It, um, and there's that fine line between people think that if they're not going to be gaining muscle tissue, they're going to be losing it. And it's like, well, actually, no, you're just in a position where as long as you're just hitting it twice a week um, with enough of a stimulus in terms of the load, uh, and then the other day you're doing a volume, which is just enough and so you don't feel too sore um, and that you let yourself recover and then your protein's just about right and your overall calories are on point, um, you're probably going to be fine. Like, There's nothing to worry about. Um, the other thing I would say that just on that is that if you – do go into a slight calorie deficit and you start losing a bit of weight as you get leaner it might look like your legs are bigger yeah so that's the other thing to think about as well is that when you get leaner even though you lose weight you can look bigger like i look bigger at 70 kilos than i do now at 80 because i look leaner um hard to believe i know that i look bigger <laughs> than i do now um, it's just ridiculous but it's true it's true right um but it, it's one of those where um i think sometimes sitting around maintenance would be useful um so yeah, that'd be my advice. Anyway, um, don't stress about you know your nutrition too much, and just probably focus just on smashing your glutes with glute bridges, single leg glute bridges, um, and then just get your mandatory lifts in there, which are probably going to be squat and deadlift, and then you're probably not going to worry about leg extensions, hamstring curls, because they're more exercises that you use to focus on a particular muscle to overload with volume to elicit growth. So. I wouldn't really worry about those. Um, the same with things like lunges. Like no one really wants to have a real good strong lunge. Like you just want to be a, have a strong deadlift and a squat, right, and get strong in those rather than a good reverse lunge or a good step up or something. Like, no one really cares. They're assistance exercises. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would do for you if uh, you were one of my clients. Just off the brief information I know from you, <laughs> is, um, I'd be looking at three exercises. Number one would be back squat, say three threes. Number two, deadlift would be like say three sixes, three eights, and then. Th- third exercise would be glute bridges um so i hit for us like three twelves and the next day it would be the opposite of that um in terms of deadlifts three threes squats three sixes three eights and then hip thrusts maybe do four eights instead of three twelves make it a bit heavier there you go pretty for much free for free, free. Mate. yeah for I, can't, I already replied and it pretty much sums around oh, oh sums brilliant around. so so she got the shit advice first and then i'll get the good <laughs> she, got, she got the training advice first then she didn't get any nutrition, nutrition advice from me hashtag stick to what they know mate so <laughs> mate works works every day um yeah i was just like i i threw the stick to the three to seven ranges what what Why seven not eight seven time? what, what? what? You, you don't know shit, man <laughs> i was like what Weirdly, she didn't question the seven. Um, yeah, I was, I was I kind put, of. I put in someone's, I put in someone's plans today, three elevens, and I was just waiting for the reply. Going, is it, use this a typo? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? That's wrong. That's fine. Three eleven. How'd you do it? Fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, great. Um, I, I, I kind of left it out there just to see if she, she'd bite. Um, but yeah, I was like, just limit the hypertrophy stuff. Um, she's a trainer anyway, so hopefully she knows that. Um, yeah, I did say make sure your calories are on point. That's as much uh, <laughs> nutrition information that I gave. Um, yeah, then switch a few sets over to glute focus. Um, if your goal is weights to go up. So I kind of didn't really say whether she wants her legs to stay aesthetically nice or she wants to get the strength staying there. So it was a little bit misconstruing. Obviously, pick your goal. 
Um, and if glute development, so I just I just straight away go for aesthetics. That's just what I. Assume. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was more like, um, if your goal is the weights to go up, that was my first instance. I was like, that's fine. Then aesthetics are just a good bonus usually, but the lower rep ranges are tend don't tend to uh, grow into like hypertrophy. Um, so you'd be probably be fine. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then yeah, I did exactly the same thing. Just take out. Say if you if you that heavy on your quad, then take out something that like four to eight sets of um, your quad stuff, and then switch it for glutes. I was just like smashing some single leg hip thrusts, and instead of doing four sets of front squats, do four sets of them. Absolutely fine. Yeah, and then just and then just like frog pumps, you know, yeah. two sets of fifty to finish with, kill you, kill your glutes, and you're done. Go like. for it. Frog pumps are in my warm ups at the moment. It's great. They would be. Yeah, I look like a dick, um, but yeah. Quite funny. But you don't care. I don't care at all. No, I'm fine. Just rolling around on the floor, pumping away. All right. Uh, we have another question as well. Um, sorry, Ethan. You actually um, came and shook my hand in the gym. Amazing. Didn't have a fucking clue who he was. But um, yeah. I think so he was touring the gym and then he had a Team Box t shirt on. And I kind of double took. And I was like, uh, who's your coach? I was hoping it was going to be you. I was going to slate him. Uh, um, it wasn't. It was Chris. Um, so Chris, I, yeah, was, Chris I, was, I was nice. Um, yeah. So basically, he was. Uh, we, we were talking about American football most of the time, um, but so there was interesting stuff he was talking about. Uh, Mr. Tom Brady. You heard of him, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. So he's got a nutrition book, Dan. I know. Have you Have you read it? It's quite expensive. No, it's, really, I, it's really expensive. I know his views. I know what his views are. On oh, street. really? I don't. I haven't really read into it. But um, basically, Ethan was talking about why is Mr. Brady banging on about muscle pliability, and he keeps being injury free. Um, he was discussing his training regimen. Fine, um, we know how to say injury free most of the time. But he was talking about his nutrition, um, probably a little bit more. So Tom. Um, on the Peter King podcast apparently Tom Brady talks nutrition injuries um yeah any nutrition injury stuff so the big thing with this right is Tom Brady um who's his wife his wife is the big thing behind it is uh, Giselle the supermodel that's the one and they have like this um, he's on I think he's a vegan now I think he's a vegan vegetarian something um, like that or raw food or something like that raw food diet or something what's his face has done a very similar thing Um, who's vegan now Novak Djokovic yeah he used to be gluten free didn't he that's obviously not what worked for him Um, and yeah like this is what it boils down to and again it's kind of easy for me to say it or whatever but it is so true so Tom Brady right has changed his diet and he is a vegan or whatever, raw food, whatever it is, doesn't drink milk, all this sort of shit. Um, and then all of a sudden becomes, all of a sudden has a season where he's injury free and doesn't get injuries anymore, that sort of stuff. Now, is that because of his diet or is that just because he's now got a handle on his diet and he's now actually aware of what he's doing and he's actually now thinking about his protein, his carbs and his fats, whereas before he maybe wasn't? Um, it's all easy to say, oh, well, I was eating meat before I was drinking milk and I got injured all the time. Um, that could also be because you were younger, which means you were playing with more intensity and you didn't realize when you were hurt that you just carried on playing. And actually now you're older, you've taken 
um, a look at yourself and go, right, I want to play till I'm 40 here. I want to play till I'm 45. I want to be as rich as I possibly can be. So why don't I think about what I'm doing a bit more and then I'll play longer and maybe I won't train as hard. Maybe I'll train properly. I'll rest when I want to rest. I'll recover when I want to recover and I'll eat better food and more often and maybe better higher nutrient density food and stuff like that. They're the, probably the reasons that he's injury free, right? Is he's probably now, yeah, he's probably thinking more about his training. He's probably not training. He's probably not training as long. His volume probably decreased. His intensity might have increased. Um, so is it the fact that he's on a raw vegan, whatever diet is on, or is it the fact that he's actually now taken an interest in his diet and actually taken a health seeking approach to his life? That's number one. But the second thing is if you had a book that you were trying to sell, <laughs> right that had all this diet in there would you not attribute all your success to that diet shut up Dan. shut up like, of, of course you would like it's, it's <laughs> again it's ridiculous right it's, and it's the reason that martin mcdonald always talks about all the time is it's the reason that an evidence-based practitioner will never be on the cover of all these magazines and have all these amazing books and sell them all because unfortunately it doesn't sell because they don't sell this sensationalist way of doing things. Now, Tom Brady is Tom Brady regardless of his diet. I don't give a shit what you say. He would be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL regardless of whether he was on this kind of diet or not. The fact is he's probably on a calorie-controlled diet with a decent macro split. And like I said before, is he's more in tune with his training, his rest, and his recovery. Now, if you'd have said that to Tom Brady at 23, 24, would he be doing this? No, he would not. I guarantee you 100%. The reason he's doing it is because he's getting older and he wants to be a professional football player for longer. Yeah. That's why he's doing it. Um, and that's, that's the reality of the situation. Like, he's selling a book. The reason he's going on podcasts and raving about this diet is also because his missus is probably behind him doing the same diet and he's got to show face because if he doesn't do it, he's going to get it in the neck from her as well. Like, likely, <laughs> that's the other thing, right? Is, is that he can't be seen bad-mouthing it either, can he, right? Because, or he can't seem to be kind of like of, of not doing it because, and I, I, I actually, I'm going to go out on a whim here and say, I bet you if he was to go away for the weekend on his own in the off-season, he's going to go and smash a burger and chips. I don't know what to say. Like, it's just that whole thing of I wonder how often they like deviate from their diet and like they gen do they genuinely believe it like is he really that into it because he used to eat all these foods before he's only changed recently um, and I'm just really skeptical same with Novak Djokovic right it's exactly the same thing yeah. when he was younger and he was winning stuff he wasn't bothered about his diet I think he was gluten free for a bit and now you're saying you know you said he's gone vegan and it's the same thing of he's he's getting older and he's realizing that he needs to think about this shit more. So he's being smarter with his recovery, being smarter with his rest. And he's being smarter ish with his diet in a sense of he's trying to get a handle on it. He's wrong. You don't have to go vegan, but the point is that he's now thinking about the calories and he's thinking about fueling his body correctly. So regardless of the, the composition of those meals, the fact that he's now aware of his protein, carbs and fats at certain times of the day um, and he's getting his hydration on point and he's getting all these vitamins and minerals in at the right times is probably helpful. But the fact is he's just now more health seeking than he was because he's older and he's realized he wants to make more money. FYI, I, I, I don't know whether he's gone vegan. I, I knew he'd... <laughs> I knew yeah, it was yeah, it was gluten free or something like that. So yeah, he's been he's been the one that's spouting gluten free for a while and saying yeah. how it's reduced his inflammation all this sort of shit. And it's like no Novak, it's nothing to do with that. You've probably just eaten less shit. Um, <laughs> like that's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that's that's the people that's the thing you always have to have in the back of your head whenever you see these things. Is yeah. go right well would this have happened without it? And when you look at the underlying behaviors, the underlying things going on in Tom Brady's life, 
like that, you actually start to get a handle on, well, yeah, actually, that all makes sense now. Of course, he's going to spend more time probably in a, you know, in a sauna or in a jacuzzi rather than throwing more balls and in the gym longer because he's older and he's realized he can't do that as much. Like, that's what's stopping him getting injured, more than likely. Um, so, yeah, I just think be a bit smart and be a bit, just be a bit skeptical of these things and question yeah. them. Um, I mean, like, picking on that, like, nutrition for injuries, um, I'd only, I'm more aware of it only because uh, Laurent Bannock was obviously, is he teaching your ISSN diploma? I haven't done anything for that for a long time. But yeah, he was <laughs> yeah, so he's a, I know him as he's in my uni. Um, so I know around what he does. And uh, he start. I don't know whether he's, he's probably doing some research in it. The fact is that he's, he's actually reasonably active on social media, well, on Twitter most of the time. He's guru performance, isn't he? His podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I know it, it, it came to my, my like, attention when he was talking about um, just for injuries. Because some people were saying, oh, should you change your nutrition if you're injured? And I was like, no. Uh, why, why would, <laughs> I was like, why would you? Um, there's, there's some, some of his takeaways with like tendon injuries. Um, cause I, th- I think it's really, really not, not really researched that much. Um, Tom, we need to, we need to cut in here, mate. My phone's just loaded and it's loaded up his diet, right? And he's not vegan. He does eat meat. Yeah. So this is just to quickly go on it, but the same, the same thing still apply, but I just thought I'd go over it quickly for everyone. Um, <laughs> 80, 80% of what they eat is vegetables. They only buy the freshest vegetables. They only buy organic. And the whole grains they eat are brown rice, quinoa, millet, beans. The other 20% is lean meats like grass-fed steak, duck every now and then, chicken, and fish, mainly wild salmon. They have no white sugar, no white flour, no MSG. They only use raw olive oil but never cook with it. They only cook with coconut oil. All the other, you know, all the other blah, 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 blah. No tomatoes, no peppers, no mushrooms, no eggplants, no nightshades because they're anti-inflammatory. No coffee, no caffeine, no dairy, no fungus. Um, so again, it's, it's the same, but it's the same principle as like that. What I was saying is that they are now more health seeking by definition. Like all those foods are high, highly nutrient dense foods, but the chances of them overeating on calories and that amount of food is very, very unlikely. It's not going to happen. Um, so he's probably leaner, probably feels a bit better. His joints don't ache as much, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's like, well, anyway, carry on Tom's side. It's all right. That's um, important because someone might have just jumped in and questioned us, and I was like, yeah. I wanted to just make sure that. <laughs> Unlike us to be questioned about anything. Uh, Why is that? Take us as gospel all the time. Um, yeah, so the uh, Lauren Bannett was talking about. So tendon injuries was an interesting one that he was talking about because I think muscle muscle injuries are quite researched, but tendon not so much. But basically, the take home he was talking about for nutrition to enhance tendon recovery. Maybe somebody's got some dodgy Achilles tendons or something to that nature was what do you reckon Dan you're a nutrition man I got it right in front of me I was just trying to test you but I literally don't I literally don't know don't know yeah um, I don't pre- see what what could be so amazing about it that um, yeah so it was <laughs> take homes obviously nutrition modifications can enhance tendon recovery um, when combined with a structured rehabilita- rehabilita- rehabilitation plan duh um, so probably the rehab, probably the rehab, probably plan, the rehab plan then. Um, to be honest, unless there's a try to do it. So hang on, so there should be a test retest then. There should be yeah, like a, saying, a, right? a, a a nutritional intervention with no rehab. Yeah. Versus the rehab and nutrition to see what effect the rehab probably had, and I can guarantee <laughs> you now, yeah. rehab probably had ninety nine percent effect. Yeah. <laughs> but if it didn't, so let's do the one percent. Um, shock horror. Um, nutritional considerations for aid tendon repair. Um, protein. 
Um, 20 to 40 grams of protein every feed. Well done. Snore. Um, Standard. <laughs> feed in close proximity to the rehab sessions. So eat close to your training sessions like normal. Um, <laughs> groundbreaking stuff this, Dan. Uh, casein, rich protein prior to sleep. Milk. Uh, okay. Standard. So Standard D makes you not injured. Uh, makes you, it's fine. Uh, vitamin D. Can increase yeah. can increase tendon repair and force recovery. Okay, according to a couple of journals. Um, I'm not going to cite them. That'd be awful. Uh, okay. All right. Avoid avoided vitamin D deficiency. Well, by having extra vitamin D, you'd probably do that. Um, and then, but the interesting one that I found actually, which is quite cool, is gelatin. So apparently, there's some pioneering work in gelatin supplementation. As the tendon, tendon, as we know, is mainly made made up of collagen. Daniel, if you knew that, mm. cool. So I guess g- gelatin will. Inc- so subjects who took 15 grams of gelatin uh, one hour before exercise showed double the amino terminal propeptide of collagen in their blood, indicating increased collagen synthesis, which is a good thing. Um, Handy. So yeah, this is pretty good. So I guess the gelatin supplementation might be cool. If if you got some tendon, I don't know if that work with uh, muscle. Um, might work with ligament. Don't know really, but yeah, that'd be quite cool. So there is some apparently some research happening about it in terms of supplementation. Yeah, that's that's something that that's something that look. If you're a footballer, or you know you're you know you you got shitloads of money. Like I don't think how much fifteen grams of gelatin might cost you to <laughs> yeah, supplement with. Yeah. Um, but. I don't actually know. It might be real cheap. I've literally have no idea. But if somebody knows, then please please tell us. Then yeah, we'll, it's we'll one of those where I think it's if you're going to do anything you can possible, then yeah, take it. Why not? Yeah, like if you're Tom Brady, fuck it. Tom Brady, get on to him now. Add, Tom Brady, to... mate. Tom Brady wouldn't have it. <laughs> it's not organic. No, it's not organic. organic. Organic gelatin. No. Mm. Fine. Yeah, but that's, that's but probably the most takeaway is uh, rehab. If you're if you're injured, rehab is. Probably yeah, I'd just be interested to see that. I just think it's that's that's my big thing with this is. Yeah, do the rehab alongside eating adequate protein. Get you know, get protein in at the right time during the day. Well, yeah, obviously, like we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't do that. But anymore. if you just gave them the protein without doing the rehab, it would do nothing. <laughs> and the rehab, the rehab alone without the protein considerations would probably do a lot. Yes. So, so yeah, that way, kind of yeah, risk over reward, mate. Um, cool. Stupid things on the internet. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Stupid things. So I'm just going to read this word for word because it's always funner when you. It's always funner. It's funner? always funner. This is me. Always fun. funner. It's always. <laughs> You're sinking to that their level, mate. I'm sinking to their level now. <laughs> this is on an Instagram story, um, and it's got a picture of asparagus, beef, almond butter, rice, coconut oil, bit of cinnamon, or ground nutmeg, whatever. It is. Sounds like they're living the dream. And it says, number one. The better the quality of calorie, the more you can eat. Calorie. Cool. Um, I'll, let, I'll let them off on this one because if a food is less calorie dense, it means you can eat more of it. So like you can eat more asparagus than you can white rice. right? So I'll let, I'll let them off. <laughs> Number two, calorie deficit will help you lose weight. The cleaner the calorie, the better your condition. Mm. Uh, no. No, 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 that's not right. Um, if you're in a calorie deficit, if you're in a calorie deficit of 500 calories, regardless of how those calories are made up, you will your condition will probably be the same. It's not going to be that huge amount of difference. Um, I just have a real problem with the wording. 
I have the cleaner the calorie, the better your condition. <laughs> but I bet you this. This is my this is my argument with this, right? So I bet you if this person was to say have this much rice with this much coconut oil, but I was to make a batch of roast potatoes with the same amount of oil and the same amount of potatoes, gram for gram, carbs and fats, they would say that the rice and coconut oil is better because it's cleaner. See, this this kind of taps quite close to. Uh shit to the fan for me because i've been told off about the clean eating thing um as you know dan uh, mate you can you mate you stay quiet but i'll just I'll <laughs> it, I, it promotes it promotes a really really shitty view of food in my opinion like it's it doesn't help anyone it doesn't just doesn't help anyone like no. and and i'll tell you what like i don't even care i don't actually care but there are people out there who call themselves clean eating whoever and they still eat shit because they post about it on instagram so my view is if you're eating nice, healthy foods 80% of the time and then 20% of the time you're having a cheat meal or you're having meals out here and everywhere, that's exactly what flexible dieting is. Yeah. But we don't call it clean and dirty. We don't put these bad words on food and it just creates a real bad relationship with food. So um, is, I, I know Gordon Greenhorn, I'd, I'd uh, go look at one of his posts because he posted a, a really, 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 really interesting uh, paper on orthorexia. So yeah. basically... It's basically eating disorders enforced by these fucking by the clean eating kind of thing and the rise of social media on eating disorders, which is amazing. Like that people are doing that kind of research because it's definitely something that really taps home to us. And we're like, mm. we're trying to get away from having a shit relationship with food and being able to educate people about not just going, oh, that's clean, that's dirty, don't eat that, it's dirty. We're like, no, eat it because you like it and you want to eat it. But just be aware of what's in it and be aware. Just have some fucking mind because I've been told off for being too negative and scathing about this. Uh, this but no, but it's, 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 it's the thing is, though, it's, it's very real. It's a very real problem because yeah. you get you get people who I mean, I've watched that on channel. I think it was channel four. There was a program and it was a, there was a woman who suffered from orthorexia and she like to begin with just ate. Uh, just vegetarian then she went just vegan because that wasn't that wasn't clean enough that wasn't restrictive enough whatever and then she went from vegan to raw vegan then she went from raw vegan to just eating melon and then she just was like obviously malnourished and everything and it's just a huge problem and it comes from these labels that you give food and i just hate the i just hate it i hate the words i hate the i think everyone knows what you mean if I say oh, I'm having this dirty burger, like it's just because it's got all the shit on it, like the chilies and the bacon. It's not because the burger's dirty or anything, right? But like clean food, it's like where do you draw the line? Like what is the line for clean food? Like because to one person, some clean food could be roast potatoes because it's just potato and olive oil. There's two single ingredient foods mixed yeah. together. Well, that's fine. In my opinion, it's fine. Like I, if I have a client who makes them in prep, I'm like, great, brilliant. You've managed to have that on prep. Amazing. But would clean eaters not eat that because it's what why, why would they not what's wrong with it but i guarantee now they go out to a pub and you can have a bit of roast beef with roast potatoes some veg some gravy and that would be dirty that would be a cheat meal but why because it's all single ingredient whole foods it's all cooked in maybe a bit of oil or whatever but it depends on how you define clean because then you're getting into the position where people then don't go out to eat because they're afraid of the dirty food and like all this sort of shit and I don't really care if it gets people's backs up because it needs to be addressed because people make millions and they have hundreds of thousands of followers from preaching this kind of shit. But yet, 
Body Coach is a prime example, right? Body Coach, follow, I've started following him on Instagram. His stories, he's out in Gran Canaria eating three burgers. It, he literally fast food burgers straight out of a packet. Amazing. I'm like, what sort of message does that send to your people that are following you? Because you've told them this is bad. Um, and that's what annoys me about it all is I, I, I don't care if people on my Instagram see a picture of me in a burger because I don't tell them it's bad. I'm saying you can fit this <laughs> into your diet and moderation. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and it's just a real issue because what does that even mean? Like, oh, yeah, calorie. It's almost like um, Laura said this the other day to me, Laura Baker, um, Team Box. She said, it's almost like calories have become trendy now. It's like people know they're important. Like these fitness professionals know they need to talk about them. Like, oh, you need to be in a calorie deficit. But they still say shit like – but the cleaner the calories, the better your condition. No, no, that's just bullshit. Like you either believe in it or you don't. And it's just the whole thing of the way you're wording it shows you know nothing about the subject. Being in a calorie deficit is good. And what he means when he says that is that the more single ingredient, nutrient dense food you eat, the better you'll feel and probably look about, you know, feel about yourself and how you look. But the way he said it is just ridiculous. And it shows that he's quite frankly an idiot. Um, that's the frustration. You can see I'm frustrated, but that, that's the frustration. <laughs> and the frustrating is like, thing is we have to interpret this as well because we're not going to bullshit and, around the thing. And our cl- my clients will come to me and say, oh, what does this, what does this mean? What does a cleaner calorie mean? And then I've got to spend 10 minutes going, well, he doesn't actually mean that. What he means is, you know, the more single ingredient whole foods you eat, the better. But this guy is the same guy who every Sunday night has a Domino's pizza and a, be- a tub of Ben & Jerry's as his cheat meal. So, like, oh, it's yeah. cheat meal, mate. It's fine. Cheat meals are great, aren't they? We cover that. Yeah, yeah. Binge eating is perfectly normal. Like, it's just <laughs> weird. Just it just frustrates me because, like, again, it's kind of what Sook's been saying a little bit. If you follow him a lot since the, since the podcast, hopefully you have, is that it's like, where do you draw the line? Because there's fit pros out there making hundreds of thousands of pounds and getting hundreds of thousands of followers doing this shit because it's sensationalist and then there's other people who are struggling maybe to make a living who are posting good content right content um having integrity about it but aren't quite reaching the amount of people that those other people can reach so you know what you've got two choices do you play the dirty tactics and and have the same tactics that they do but then still try and educate along the way or do you just keep your integrity and keep going as you are and it's a real fine line between you know how do you take how do you challenge it head on and uh, if we don't talk about it and if you just get told oh don't talk about that or you get told oh we can't discuss that then we're never going to get anywhere in this industry because you're always going to have people that are going to suffer and and people that are going to make fortunes out of shit um i don't care that someone's lost weight and they're now they're now lean and they did it because they did clean eating brilliant no you didn't you did it because you're in a calorie deficit get re-educated not get knowledge and start educating people properly um frustrating real frustrating anyway probably a good place to end it tom good place to end it man good episode um yeah anything that we need to talk about group group thingies you probably haven't talked about that have you it's all gone mate now it's done closed group coaching is closed um so when this when this comes out yeah we've been going for two or three days already we will do another one in july time i think um do you want to talk about a little bit what that is and so yeah we're just doing a group coaching program which runs for six weeks um and it's basically to give you guys a little taster of what it's like to work with team box or me um in that it's 60 quid for six (laughs) weeks um and basically the idea is that we're just getting people shredded in six weeks or to help them on their way to being shredded um so again you go through a full lack assessment like you would with us normally um 
and then you get us you get coaching through the through the whole six weeks not like on a one-to-one level more like as a group literally we do like facebook lives um in in our closed group um like you know quiz the coaches ask everyone questions but basically yeah giving the people the accountability to stick to a diet and, and hopefully in six weeks lose maybe you know three or four kilos or whatever and get you started so that as you go through to the summer you can carry on getting leaner and you understand the the fundamentals of dieting really and dispel some of these myths that we have to do every day on the podcast really and just show you that you can still do it and you know we're with me and laura did a video today talking about um how to track their food and how you can still have alcohol you just have to track it how to track that how to eat out um and i think for some people it's really refreshing because they're like oh i can do that on this and it's like even though it's only six weeks um people are going to eat out right so it's about making the diet sustainable for them over the long term and show them how how things can work even if you are doing things quite aggressively even in six weeks um so yeah, that's what we're doing. But I've still got a few places left for coaching. If anyone is interested, I know there's a few people who are listening to this now who started out listening to this and are now my clients. So they will tell you how amazing it is to speak to me every week. Um, it's uh, it's real good fun. Um, and yeah, everyone's doing really well, so that's all good. And yeah, looking forward to a nice summer shred. I'm debating whether to diet on for the summer or not, but we'll Maybe. see. Wow, we could actually do this because I'm debating this exact same thing because I'm testing right now and then I'm debating whether I want to bring myself down a little bit. Um, yeah, and look slightly leaner. I did send down, that. What, down, down into double digits, into the 90s. <laughs> Mate, I think you're as heavy as I am right now. Uh, probably, yeah. Probably about around about the same. Um, I could probably come down to about 80 and be quite happy um, and still be as strong. Um, but yeah, I'm testing this week, so not right now. Um, but yeah, I'll be starting about hopefully a week ish. Nice. See what happens. Um, yeah, I've only got one spot left on my coaching, like, so I probably need to fill that at some point. There's a couple of people that reached out, so I only have one place for online coaching. If you want it, nice. fucking just contact. You're fine. Um, I, need to, I need to get strong. So maybe I should take it. <laughs> um, with that as well, I think in the next two to three months, watch this space because. Not with the, I'm not going to step on uh, Dan's toes on group coaching for getting shredded, but obviously my my game is getting people stronger. Um, and within a pilot, basically how Sukes basically said, within a pilot, like a free thing, um, just for like five to ten people. Maybe I can get Dan in that group as well. That's fine if you really want to talk to him. Um, just more, it'd be more interesting to have listeners to the podcast to probably do it, and we'll program you for about eight weeks and see how see what happens to be honest i want to see whether this works over strength stuff um yeah and i'll write your programs basically for free what crazy just, just, <laughs> that's why i'm only gonna do fucking five to ten don't worry um yeah that's about it but yeah it'd be quite fun to see what happens maybe dan will get strong i don't know but maybe not um yeah we'll see what's happening man all right good episode catch you later mate um catch you later guys